Radio. Conversations with Daniel Noor. Tackling the tough questions on cradio.org.au. Conversations with Daniel Noor is an edgy topical podcast featuring an expert on a hot topic in society speaking with myself. Every couple of weeks, you can tune in and get up to speed. Don't fake it. Know what Catholicism says about the stuff that matters. You're listening to Conversations with Daniel Noor, and today our topic is the Crusades. This is the first of a three-part series on medieval Catholicism. We're calling it Scary Catholics, Catholicism, and the Middle Ages. We're talking with Daniel Hill. Daniel is a medieval historian with a degree in medieval studies from Sydney University. He's also an expert on medieval art and works as director of university chaplaincies for the Sydney Archdiocese. Uh, and we're very lucky to have him with us. Thank you for joining us, Daniel. No worries, Daniel. Uh, nice to be here. Also, you know, I mean, needless to say, we do have the same name. Let's just bring that up now. Get over it, listeners. You know what I mean? Grow up. Um, it's a good name. It is a great name, I think. So what we're talking about is the the Crusades, I suppose, as uh, the the emblem, the symbol of two different perspectives. In 1095, Alexios... Komnenos, Komnenos, oh, the Byzantinos. Oh yes, the Byzantine emperor. He sent to Pope Urban II and asked for aid from the West against the Seljuk Turks, who had taken nearly all of Asia Minor from him. Or the Crusades was an attempt by Pope Urban II to gain control over Constantinople with promises of the remission of sins in exchange for the service of young European men. What would have happened? I mean, let's just start with this to Europe if the Crusades didn't. And, and then also, why did they need to happen? Well, you have to go back um, a, couple of, a couple of years um, to get a sense of why the Crusades happened. Uh, in fact, a couple of hundred years, uh, 624 AD roundabout is when um, Islam began to conquer parts of Saudi Arabia. And um, they were literally unstoppable. Uh, in their conquest of the of Asia Minor, Palestine, in parts of India, um, and parts of of um, uh, southern Mediterranean, particularly where they they conquered uh, all the way up into Spain, and were only stopped um, in the Battle of Tours in 732 AD, which is in southern France. So that's the extent of their very rapid expansion. Mm. Um, so it was a going concern in Europe uh, during the time of uh, of the 11th century when the Crusades happened, and uh, um, the Byzantine Emperor um, was terrified uh, because of um, the fact that in 1071 uh, the um, the Turkish armies, or the Islamic Turkish armies, had wiped out the last remaining. A serious Byzantine army left. Mm. Uh, I say at the Battle of Manzikert in 1071. So, so things were pretty dire. Oh, they were dire, and and um, the aggression was strong. The aggression was strong. Um, the 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 various you know Islamic um, groups were pressing. Yeah. as they had been for hundred years. Now, Daniel, what do you make of President Obama's recent comments that all religions are guilty of atrocities, and that this uh, is made evident just by a cursory look at the Crusades. Was it a time of particular cruelty 
for, for, well, for Christians or from Christians? Well, I, I think, and I think other people have said this, it's quite um, telling that Obama has to go back hundreds of years to find an example of, of Christians being violent. But Yeah, this happened, of course, a, I think it was two weeks ago now at the National Prayer Breakfast. Yeah, Just, uh, National Prayer Breakfast. Yeah. And I, th I think that very um, ignorant comments. Um, firstly, because uh, of the fact that it's hundreds of years ago that these things happened. But secondly, um, the Crusaders are no, were no different, by and large, to uh, those uh, minority groups currently in the Middle East defending themselves against the onslaught of ISIS or anyone who goes over to help them, including the military assistance that Obama himself has sent. Uh, the Crusades were a defensive action. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, they went on for a long time, and there are within the Crusades some um, quite upsetting, upsetting um, episodes, but by and large, and at least uh, definitely inceptually, the Crusades are a defensive action um, against yes. aggressors. Uh, upsetting episodes, I think, would be putting it lightly, actually. Jay Rubenstein, a uh, historian who's written for the Huffington Post, has mm. said here that Christians and Jews uh, did play a, pub a public tax, a public tax rather, from which uh, Muslims were exempt, and that of course was an example of the dimitude to which they were subject yeah. under Muslim rule. And that conversion to Islam eventually did occur, but it was a gradual process, not as rapid as the growth of the Islamic government. Whereas on the other hand, the Crusaders, in order to, I suppose, conquer, whatever you want to call it, aimed to recapture a sacred place from uh, Islam, and more importantly did so with rape, with pillage, with all manner of atrocities. What do you make of that claim? Well, war is war, and that's the difficulty when war happens. People do bad things. But I think it's ridiculous uh, to think that um, Islam, after conquering, raping, and pillaging, and destroying the civilization of, of um, Northern Africa, of Spain, of little part, of parts, uh, trying to get into France, of um, the Byzantine Empire in uh, Asia Minor, that um, that uh, the Crusaders could be considered to be conquering. They weren't conquering a thing. They were reconquering something. And it was very, very clear in the way they spoke about what they were doing, in the approach to what they were doing. And of course, um, the first um, time we, we kind of get see that is, is during the Spanish Reconquista and then followed by that, the First Crusade. What they were doing was reconquering retaking things that were taken from them by force um, at the request of, of innocents who, who were felt subjugated. So Yes. Now, Daniel, could you tell us about that? So what was the impetus for European involvement? And isn't it also convenient that it did mean for Pope Urban II that there was an expansion of his territory? Yeah, I can talk to you about both those points. I'll, first, I'll talk about um, um, Urban II uh, later. But... Firstly, I, I think I, I said beforehand, the, over, over a, hundred, a few hundred years, um, Islam had been conquering uh, by, by the sword very aggressively and very clearly um, with the notion that it, that it was, it was the de destiny given to them by, by Allah. Yes. That they, should, um, they were conquering, um, subjugating um, territories all around the Mediterranean uh, some of which were part of the Persian Empire, uh, Zoroastrian religion, um, some of which uh, went into India. I don't know too much about that. I yes. Know, but, but mainly 
the Christian um, areas of the former Roman Empire, Byzantine Empire, um, the Visigothic uh, kingdoms in, in the Iberian Peninsula, aka Spain and Portugal, um, and um, Sicily. And in fact, they had even sacked uh, the, uh, the Basilica of, of um, St. Peter's in Rome um, in incursions into Italy. They had, uh, they had attacked and conquered some cities in Italy as well. So we have a Europe um, that is under attack, under constant attack for a couple of hundred years. So that's the impetus. Was there that's a more specific response. statement, a document, speech given? I think Pope Urban II responded mm. to, to some kind of, or, or at least this is the, the position that he would like to perhaps have been seen to have taken, which is that yeah. he responded to some kind of request. Did, did, well, was it not a, a Turkish... Ah, I've got, I mean, we're looking at Alexios uh, yes. and his speech, but I, I mean, was there not some kind of, I don't know, things came to a head or there was some kind of uh, real crisis that had not been here to, because obviously you're talking about years of conquest. Why yeah. all of a sudden did Pope Urban II feel the need to call to arms? Mm. Oh, well, that's a very good point. Um, the, before Urban II uh, made his great call, which happened... Uh, initially at the Council of Clermont, um, which was a church council dealing with a whole variety of issues, uh, the crusade being the last one they, they, they dealt with, it dealt with church reform, a number of things. Um, but before that, you already had um, a papal blessing on uh, knights fighting to, um, re to, to re regain and defend Spain. Um, so that was, that was a precursor to the notion, okay, that we can't sit here anymore and let let us um, be taken over, let us watch innocents die or be conquered. We have a right and a duty as knights, as soldiers, which is which is what the, a lot of these people were, um, who were the rulers at the time as well. So they had a moral duty uh, mm. to intervene. So, so that's kind of the precursor. And then you have um, reports over a period of time, a number of requests from, from the emperors and particularly Alexios of Constantinople following the Battle of Manzikert um, because they were terrified that, that they, were, they, they, couldn't, um, they couldn't handle looking after their um, very um, quickly diminishing border either. And the, you see a number of the Pope sends some mercenaries to help out to start with, but the requests continue on. That's what historic, historians think there are a number of requests. And um, there seems to have been a movement within Europe to want to go and assist because a lot of pilgrims coming back, um, being harassed, being uh, mm -hmm. seeing things. So, so there was a kind of crisis point. Yeah, there was a crisis point. So he, so within the the idea of the church reform at the time was, well, what does it mean to be a person in in this period? You know, of course they didn't call themselves people of the Middle Ages. They were just like us. They thought we're here, we're now here now. You know, what, what, what does it mean to be a Christian ruler, a Christian knight? Well, it means defending the innocent. It means using your skills and talents to the service of God. And that involves um, acts of love, like defending one's neighbor and defending sacred things like, like um, yeah, special sacred sites. Yes, yes. Daniel, was there not also the incentive of a remission of sins, a kind mm. of yep. uh, access pass to heaven? Well, look, you know, that, that theology has developed since that time, but that's actually, as far as I, I can tell, the first ever plenary indulgence was the First Crusade. Because right. the, the, no, the notion was um, that um, 
in that period, which is a bit different to now, that you would confess your sin, you'd do your penance, and then you'd be absolved. Yes, and for our non-Catholic listeners, of course, the plenary indulgence is still practiced widely in church today. You know, you could get one at Sunday Mass. And, and so this was one of the first examples of that, you say? Uh, yeah, there might have been a couple beforehand, but this is the first major example of it. But, but of course, it's not about, oh, I'll kill a few Muslims, I get to heaven. That's not the idea. Yes, Excuse me. yes thank you for putting that so... <laughs> Thank you for putting that so delicately as well. Well, I, I don't like putting things delicately. Yes, yes, but it, so it wasn't like that. So it wasn't that, you know, a kind of anything goes... No, it was very specific. And I, I will quote to you the words exactly in English, not in Latin. Okay. Um, whoever for devotion alone, not for the gaining of honour or money, should take the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, shall receive a remission of all their penance. Mm. That is the top word. So it's very specific and it says you have to do this for a religious purpose, for a selfless purpose, not for gaining of honor or money, um, which is very interesting. From the very beginning there was no desire to encourage people to, to conquer things right. in the name of Jesus. There, were, there would be critics who say that this is kind of synonymous with Muslim martyrdom and the idea that, you know, for, I mean, because you would you would say that that, that, that the... Um, the, the various martyrs, you might, some call them freedom fighters, some call them terrorists, who have died for a cause, would have done it with, with a total conviction about what they were doing as well, a kind of belief in the importance of the task in the same way that Pope Urban stipulated Christians must. Why would it be different? Um, well, first of all, I'd say that I'm sure everybody in some way or another is pretty convinced about what they're doing is right. Um, I don't think that's particularly unique to any human being. Right. Um, I suppose I suppose the big difference here, and it's up to people to decide what they consider to be um, morally justifiable. I know the church um, has very clearly, um, is that the the crusades. If, but if possible, just from a historical point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the crusades were acts of defence, very clearly acts of defence. They were not acts of um, expansion, yes. Uh, particularly those against Islam. There, there were one or two I could mention that were were um, were not the same, and they are a black mark on on history. But yes, certainly, because there must but, have been. There must have but, been. But, but before I get, before you interrupt, Daniel, the, but particularly when we're talking about the main the main major crusades in the Mediterranean against Islam, they are um, then they are not expansionist. They are purely for defence. Now, sure, maybe at the moment some members of ISIS uh, might say they're, they're defending themselves or they're defending Islam, um, but their tactics are far beyond. Now, their tactics are far beyond anything the Crusaders did. The Crusaders did not attack innocent civilians wantonly mm. uh, at all. Mm. Uh, there's a, a claim here that um there was a kind of repossession as well of the goods of, of the East, like things like, uh, you know, artifacts, relics, uh, the, the priceless possessions. Uh, was it the case that things that were in the possession of Eastern Christendom moved into the jurisdiction of Rome? Well, look, the, the aftermath, and I have alluded to um, some of the problems of of the some of the Crusades, and you know we can't shy away from those either. So yeah, some of those things did happen, um, uh, you know, particularly in the Fourth Crusade and its aftermath, mm. um, which is which is very sad. But I probably should talk about that in more detail. Um, I can do that now or later if you like. Sure. Well, just 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 briefly, yes. If you could maybe outline, yes. 
Yeah, so so if you want to talk particularly about the Fourth Crusade, um, which is one of those black marks on the crusading uh, history of the Crusades, um, there was a large crusade organised. Um, the Byzantines were involved. The Venetians were involved, and they were going to, of course, um, try to re you know to defend um, uh, the Middle East, mm. uh, particularly Asia Minor, from Islamic uh, attack. Um, but two things happened. One was that the Venetians supplied all the ships for the Crusaders, and that the Crusaders um, made friends with uh, this this uh, Byzantine um, prince. I can't. What was his name? Um, I can't remember his name exactly. Who 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 claimed to speak for the um, Byzantine Empire? Um, his name was Alexos. Angelos or Angelos, right? Um, so, but the see the Venetians were, you know, essentially quite evil in their approach. They were trading um, rivals of Constantinople, so it suited them that Alexos Angelos actually claimed to be the true Byzantine emperor, um, which was not uncommon in in the Byzantine history. In fact, it was very common that no emperor really lasted that long. He got murdered by someone else who wanted to be emperor. Mm. So he convinced the Venetians to convince a lot of the Crusaders that in order to get Constantinople's support for the crusade, um, he ne they needed to install him as the emperor, which he claimed rightfully to be. So they um, conquered uh, Constantinople. I think the first time it was ever conquered by you know, sailing the ships up to the walls and climbing over the masts. Yes. Um, a terrible thing to do, though. Most of them were promptly excommunicated by the Pope for that behaviour. They... Um, looted large parts of the city, which is what our armies did, and I'd like to talk about siege warfare. The and, that, and that is kind of where this the exchange of goods happened, where things got yeah, lost. Yeah, and essentially a Latin, uh, you know, essentially I think I think from memory um, Alexos Angelos was killed. Um, it a, sounds um, like a Greek kind of mining magnate or something. I mean, well, mining isn't a great industry in Greece. But anybody who's studied Byzantine history... Um, can clearly tell that one of the reasons why they were constantly asking for help from um, the Eastern Eastern Europe, uh, sorry, Western Europe, was because they constantly infighting amongst yes. themselves. Um, and this is this was kind of part of that. And of course, just you know, the planets aligned in a, in a bad way, so to speak. Daniel, the reason I ask, as you know, there is still in Eastern Orthodoxy and and some Eastern Catholic right churches a, a sense of. Um, subversion, a subversion mm. of their traditions because of the colonizing mentality of, the, of Roman Catholicism. Mm. The Latinization of Eastern yeah. Rite churches is, yeah. is still a talking point for Pope Francis and, and say, Bartholomew of Constantinople today. Yeah. So is that mentality a result of the crusading zeal of, of that event or is it a continuation somehow? Well, I think, I think it's, a, it's a sad byproduct of these terrible situations which war creates. I, I think it's abominable. Uh, I think the Latin rites and the Latin church, uh, sorry, the Latin rites and the Eastern rites are both beautiful, but the Eastern rites should not be Latinized, um, either, either those within or outside um, in unity with Rome. And what the Crusaders did from the Fourth Crusade onwards was, was, was very unfortunate, terrible. Could you give us some examples of, of what, that, what that was? <coughs> well, essentially... Look, I'd like to backtrack, actually, if that's all right, to give a bigger context quickly. Sure, and when just thinking crusade, about wrapping it up. Go ahead. 
Yeah, okay. Well, I'll answer this question. When the first crusade was declared, um, the, the crusaders went to Constantinople. They submitted to the, the, the emperor of Constantinople. And recent evidence shows that they agreed to whatever territory they, they conquered would be under the control of the Byzantine emperor. Mm. Um, they also, we see all the way along, confirmed in their places, in the places they conquered, the Greek uh, Constantinople-aligned bishops. And um, they attended their ceremonies. Of course, they had their own Latin rite with their chaplains and their bishops had with them in the camp and on the, on the crusade. But they confirmed in the towns and cities the, um, the Byzantine um, Empire because, of course, the idea was, which has happened a number of number of times in history, that this was a way to heal the rift. Mm. Which was only was was only you know maybe a decade old or a little bit longer at that time, um, that the emperor that the the emperor um, and the pope were were essentially trying to say well look we'd like to 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 re reconnect mm. and and unify, and of course the fourth crusade um, things were just completely um, out of hand and you had these thugs uh, who who um, Whatever power lust they had, uh, did the Byzantine trick and said, "Okay, well, if I kill the, Byz the Byzantine emperor, yes, emperor yes. then I become the emperor." But what they did was they didn't Byzantine themselves; they tried to Latinize everything, and of course that was a disaster. And there were revolutions, and that ended very quickly. But that that was that was a terrible thing to do. But it's not the original intention of the First Crusade. Yes, um, and another proof of of that, particularly with. Um, uh, uh, Pope Urban was that he had an anti-pope at the time, uh, who was not, and he and who was who had Rome. So there was a there was a, there was a bishop claiming to be a pope as well, and not once did um, Urban uh, get the Crusaders to attack him. They went on their way to the on their way to Constantinople and then to to the Crusade. They all visited Rome, and it's and it's recorded that they were abused and had things thrown at them when they were praying at the shrines. But not once did. Uh, the papal legate or or the pope to sell the crusaders get them. They went straight to, to Jerusalem. Of course, the fourth crusade things went bung, and that's that's really sad. And I think it's a deep wound, but I hope it can be healed. I hope it can be healed because it's really necessary. Daniel, we thank you so much for giving us a kind of historical timeline where we can place ourselves. You know, saying that people often have it. People who don't know their history will, you know, they they can't understand. The future, and so we thank you for that. We uh, we encourage listeners to continue to enjoy this three-part series. Uh, our next, I believe, will be a conversation with um, uh, on the uh, science of the Middle Ages with Professor James Franklin, and, mm. and this response to the claim that you know that was it the Dark Ages. Was there any scientific discovery to be had in what has been called the Dark Ages? Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure to be here, Daniel. I just quickly, um, Saint Daniel um, was a, a Franciscan who went to preach in, in North Africa to Muslims and was a martyr. So just so you know that, other yeah, than Daniel, the Old Testament. So thank you very it much. A, it was apt that we both had the name Daniel at the time. Very good, very <laughs> good Catholic trivia. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Daniel, and thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Conversations with Daniel North. You've been listening to an episode of Conversations with Daniel Noor. And for more episodes of Conversations, and for more talks, interviews, and shows, visit cradio.org.au.